Hello, world. Welcome to Golf Subpar. Colt Nost, Drew Stoltz. We're playing hurt today, please. Playing one leg. <laughs> you sound leg. terrible. More than hurt. My whole leg's been chopped. I've been amputated, but I'm playing through the pain right now. You sound like John McGinnis. I don't sound good. I'm gonna go do some little radio after this. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's gonna be. The golden voice is no longer golden, dude. It was. It's been stripped from me. Wow, I, I've never seen you so defeated. I left it on the field. I told you this, dude. I, I played my ass off. I played my little heart out this week. Well, the whole deal. Obviously, once again, we we pick another winner. I mean, golf subpar. I mean, we are on a freaking heater. Let's not jinx ourselves here. We will go ice cold. No, at we're some not going point to. That's year, all we do. But. We're- Counting the wins plus the play, we had each both had playoff losses. I believe we've had four of the last ten winners. It could have been six. It could have been six. It's getting weird. We're yeah. getting working our way to that island right now. But you ride it till she bucks her. You don't ride at all. We're riding right now. But we'll get bucked. Our man. But damn, it's going nice. It is. Scotty Scheffler, congratulations. Ooh. Wins in a playoff over Patrick Cantlay. We picked him here on golf subpar. Hope you cashed in on that. I think he was like twenty-two to one. Yeah, that's a nice exactly. little payday. I've known that kid since he was seven years old. So he's. That was a, an emotional one for me yesterday. I was so pumped. I was yelling at the TV. I didn't get the playoff with CBS, so I went home, got to watch the playoff in my living room, and I was screaming at the TV. I was so excited. We knew he was going to win at some point. Oh, yeah, at and some point. to win at this place, the WM Phoenix Open with a star-studded field. I mean, he was on the Ryder Cup team last year, but he needed to get that first win. He needed to get that monkey off his back, and he did it. Man, I'm pumped for this kid. And looking back, I mean – a, just what a better place to get any kind of win than Phoenix. They're going to embrace that guy for forever. Scotty's going to be loved around here. But looking back on it, like at the end of the week, like we talked about how firm and fast it was. It was, it was exactly that. Oh, it Scores was, only got to 16 wow. under, and you could not have had better weather other than the Thursday morning. The Thursday early wave got a little bit screwed. They caught some mm-hmm. heavy little microburst of wind. Furniture was blowing around and stuff. Other than that, it blew what? I mean, Hardly, not enough. Yesterday, you know? it blew zero. 16 under par. Like, you got to hit it to the moon. It's going to be firm and bouncy. It was, and it was, like, guys like that. They were out there doing so well. And Scotty, man, that 18th hole, coming down the stretch, you always seem to get some drama. TBC Scott still 15 through 18. A lot of stuff It's happens. an incredible stretch it's to finish. It's such a fun stretch of yes. golf. Because 16 is, like, in, on paper, it's a nothing hole, really. But, I mean, you see some bogeys in there because people are freaking out, and rightfully so. But he comes down the stretch. I mean, just the 72nd hole in regulation – there were three putts that from three guys that I was like, these are in. And they hit terrible putts. <laughs> Xander, Xander to possibly grab a piece of the playoff needed. After he hit, dude, that shot he hit after the quick hook on 18 over left of the church pews, he hit it. I mean, it went to the, it was unbelievable shot. It in the hoop. That he got that thing to get as close as he did. I'm like, this is going in for sure. Xander, top 10 putter in the world, misses. Then Cantley's got one probably for the outright win. Uh, not what we're used to seeing out of Cantley. And then Scotty gets up there, pipes it. It's a beautiful wedge. I was like, this one's for sure. This is it. It's over. They all miss it. Not Xander. He didn't have the same putt. But high side on that. When you get up there, pin high, everyone just wants to think it's going to break, and it just doesn't. I thought Scotty for sure was going to win it in regulation. He he had 97 yards, I believe. It just reminded me of the days. Yeah. Oh, he smashed bombs. it. But it reminded me of Royal Oaks. I mean, this when I met Scotty when he was seven years old, he was at Royal Oaks Country Club, works with Randy Smith. Congratulations to Randy. I mean, I talked to him this morning. Yeah, he was so cried. emotional. Oh, my God. Bald. <laughs> but there's a there's they have these little target greens at Royal Oaks on the range. There's a yellow pole, and that's known as Scotty's pole. It's like, any depending on the day, it's like 70 to 100. And every fourth shot, you just hear ding, and Scotty would just turn around and smile when he was seven years old. Like, he just drilled it, and I was like, 97 yards. Here he goes. This is the yellow pole. Just throw a dart in there. And he did. He ended up missing the putt. But, man, 
he got the win. I'm so pumped for this kid. This this is gonna. I really think this is gonna do some huge things for him. Getting that first win. Just to it's, get it's to like, breathe, and you don't have to answer the questions anymore. Yeah. Now, I mean, he was what eleventh in the world without a win, Ryder Cup player without a win. You got to play so good all the time to do that. He was the only so one I thought win. that was like people might have questioned him being on the Ryder Cup team. Like yeah. he's, he's a rookie, he hasn't won. He goes out there and then he beats John Rahm head to head in singles. It's like shut everything yeah, up, exactly. And we were boat racing him, so it's like you can't question the team when you're boat racing. Yeah. But that John Rahm thing puts any any hesitancy, any question to bed. Man, I. I I was a little banged up last night, and I FaceTimed oh. him. We He answered. We talked. I have no idea what we talked about. I think there was just a lot of yelling going on. But, man, I couldn't be more pumped. It sounds like you did a little bit of yelling this week. <laughs> Screamed a bit, but started early, ended late. I tapped out last night. At, like, Super Bowl, we're walking back and forth for the playoff because we got to be out there, you know, down the 18th. And we're just looking at each other like, for the love of God, someone someone be a hero. Someone do something. Yeah. And Scotty made that putt on the third playoff hole, and we're going crazy. I'm like, guys, can't. Kind of like pretty good putter. They're going to tie with. They're going to have with birdies here. We're going to go back again, and then he missed it and speeches and all that. It was just. A, it was a, the golf tournament matched up to the week. Which, by the way, we stopped keeping attendance records. We stopped checking it, it without question, unequivocally, the most people ever around a golf course in the world. It started Wednesday. The shot at Glory. Okay, that's where the after the pro am, all the celebs come out and hit a shot for a million bucks, closest to the pin. They all give money to charity. There, that thing got wild. <laughs> People were just clamoring for it. Best story of the day. We get up there. Everyone's hitting, kind of down there mingling around. Matt James, okay, former Bachelor, is down there. And he's got a beautiful outfit on. He's like green overalls, bucket hat. He wore what Amanda Balionis wore on Saturday. Looked, I was like, yeah, it, like, <laughs> ran out of sizes or something. But, the, I mean, you can't question style. He's got. I, I couldn't pull it off. I don't think you could pull it off. But the man was pulling it off. We're talking a little bit before. He's like, I'm nervous. Don't play a lot of golf. All this. Ah, you'll be fine. No one cares. After two seconds after you hit it, no. This was, I was like, two seconds after the ball leaves his face, it's oh, no one remembers yeah. anything, and very few people even care at that point. So, all right, yeah, we're good. Everything's good. Gets up there. I didn't know he like net legit like never played golf. And Kelly James on the mic, freestyle, all this stuff. So I'm kind of poking around, watching like buddies, you know, things like that hit. He gets up there. I felt he gets up there. Kelly's getting them. The crowd's loud. Uh, first swing with. And oh I was like, God. okay. I didn't know it was like no golf ever, but whatever. No, I was like, no one cares, dude. Just slap it down there and everyone will boo or cheer and you can get on with it. Next shot, he gives some waggles. And you probably saw it. If you didn't see it online, it's on there. And I'm talking like the toe shank. Um, it was with like an eight iron or something like that. Toe shank. Cameraman, which by the way, you're dumb for being there. Agreed. Where six, Colt, what was it? So, I mean, five, six yards in front of the guy to the right. You shouldn't hit it there, but these guys don't play golf. These aren't, this isn't Xander. Low toe shank directly into the nutsack of this cameraman who just <laughs> crippled. Kelly stopped, right, the music stopped, the crowd went, I was like, oh my, I was like, this, this could be it. The guy's done. And he was down. It kind of shut down for a little bit. Matt walked over and was like talking to him. I was like, this could be the one thing that like we haven't seen yet at the Phoenix Open. And thank God the dude was okay. He popped up. But it was, he ain't having kids. Most Hopefully he's got those already because he's, <laughs> It was Dunzo on that. And the dude walked over. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was like, look, dude, that's going to go real viral. Yep, but the fact that the guy's okay, people tip the cap just for getting out there and doing it. But, I mean, that was just one of the deals of the week. I mean, you were there for bird's nest that night. Give I me did it all. Favorite bird's nest from what you Well, I'm call. biased. I mean, Cole Swindell is my boy. Yeah, that's um, number one for me. That was, that was a lot of fun. Diplo. Sorry, Diplo. You sucked. 
I was very disappointed in that. Sam Hunt was way better than I thought he would Sam be. Sam brings the noise. It was awesome. Brought and the lumber. He, brought, he brings some scenery, too. Oh, my God. I've <laughs> never seen, when he got on stage, dude, I've never seen, because people mingle in between acts. Yeah. He, was, he was the closer, obviously, that night. People mingle at the bar. Everyone kind of comes in the stage, like the stage where, you, you know, you sit if it's close to the stage. It kind of clears out. You go to the bar. As soon as the lights came off, one light, come, one note on the guitar gets played, and the light comes on to Sam Hunt. It was an avalanche of chicks, of just estrogen. Just sp- I was like, <laughs> oh, my. you get It was like running of the bulls to get to I was like, imagine the power of that. Just yeah. ding, one string and a whole. When he, his last man. song, Body Like a Back Road, oh, oh. my God. It actually. I'm not going to say what I should say, no, but say it was, no, it was unreal. It was a lot of fun. I thought, um, Kygo, fantastic. I actually, he, he walked through 16 when yeah. Amanda Balionis and myself were there on set. First off, I think this is the first time I've ever been made a meme. My reaction to Sam Ryder's hole in one. Oh yeah. Show it to us right here over, for the YouTube. Went a little viral there it is. and I, fucking, I was Achilles, clapping. Achilles. I was so, I got so excited. It was unreal, but man, Saturday, that was a huge hit. That was the first time. CBS had ever tried that, putting some, putting me and Amanda on 16 just to, you know, show what the atmosphere is like. And man, it was a huge hit. I told Jim Nance and our producer, Sheller Shy, no, no matter what you do, you normally get some haters on Twitter. I didn't see one negative comment about our set on 16 in, in our reaction. Like, it was so cool. Everybody loved it. I think that's going to be something we're going to do in the future a lot 100% more often. 100% for that whole. Man, it was so much fun. I mean, I got to be a blast just doing it too. What, but all right. So Sam makes the ace. Okay. God, so I Sa- just so left for that. Or I was in the stands for that. I right? watched it live. So yeah. we weren't showing him hit, but I, I watched it live as the reaction on internet. I, so I go nuts. So then they send it to us to show it. It's taped delayed. It already happened. We're trying to call the shot as beers are getting just thrown on the green and everything. And I'm screaming. I get drilled in the shoulder by a full beer. I mean, beer is just drenching me. There's limes everywhere. It was unbelievable. I mean, one of the coolest moments I've ever been a part of. I mean, Sam Ryder, I I said this on air. I said, here's the deal with 16. You know, guys want to go. They don't want to get booed. But in my opinion, like, is the juice worth the squeeze? You go right at it. You try to be a, you you do something cool there. You're a legend forever around 16. Sam Ryder is going to be a legend. Oh, it'll not just at sixteen, or just at the Phoenix Open. Yeah. like that shot is going to be played like, over. They and might. Over. That'll be the. That's the most wild hole of golf that's ever been played. I mean, how about the green just covered in beer cans? Oh, the whole, the, the entire hole. I mean, there's a twenty minute cleanup with an army out there. Unreal. I I couldn't believe what happened. I mean, there was a lot of cool things that happened. Sam Ryder made it. Our guest this week, Carlos Ortiz, makes a hole in one. Harry Higgs, Joel Damon taking their shirts off. That was big. I mean, there was there was a lot of jokes. Uh, Cantlay. His putt on 16 on Sunday. It just popped up. Popped up. It's up. There was a lot of jokes saying, um, I think Cantley's ball hit one of Harry Higgs' buttons. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, it's just it's unlike any other event on the PGA Tour. It is so cool. I'm thankful it's only once a year. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, it's so much fun. It's so cool. But that's what makes it special is it's so different. I mean, obviously, you were there right in, in the center of all of it. But, man, it's one of those ones you love it. But I'm also happy it's over. I can't. I look forward to it every year, and I look forward <laughs> it to be over every time. I'm like, okay, that's enough. That's like living in a candy store as a kid for a week. First day, cool. You know, it's cool for a while, and then you just have a little too much candy. I lost my phone in a taxi <laughs> on Thursday night on the way home. I think it was after Sam Hunt. I, you know, walk out. All right, thanks. See you later. Get out. So, all right, get fine. He's 30 yards down my road. I was you sprinting. I, it's pitch black. I mean, it's 
whatever. There's no worse feeling, night. honestly. And it, I watched him turn the corner, and I just stood there. wasn't feeling great. And I was like, this is going to be a massive ordeal. And it was. And yeah. Losing the phone by the is a problem. God, it's some, you've, you feel Nate. You're just like, yeah. I'm so vulnerable. Imagine well, what's in that thing. I'm Anyways. not really sure what we've talked about so far today. It's been it's Scotty Scheffler, bud. Scotty Scheffler got won. her done. Another W for you guys out there. But our guest this week, Carlos Ortiz, the princess, makes a hole in one on Sunday. How about he goes one two on one, sixteen and seventeen? Unreal. That pro- I mean may never be done again. Well, let's it's get. It's been a while since we even saw an ace, but not backed up with a deuce. There's not even many of those this week. I saw him after the round on Sunday, and I was like, "My God, if you would have done that on Saturday, I literally would have came and tackled you." He's like, "I know. I wish you would have been there. <laughs> it would have been <laughs> nice on Saturday. I think this." All right, let's get to it. Here's Carlos Ortiz on Golf Subpar. All right, we got a tour winner in the building with us today by way of Guadalajara, Mexico, and University of North Texas, Mean Green. May know him as Carlos or Carlito. Some may know him as the Princess. Carlos Ortiz, what's going on? Not much. Thanks for having me. This is good, good to have you. All right, so we call you Princess on the radio show when you call in. You're great with it, but where did it come from? Colt. <laughs> nice. Came from Colt. And there's just a few guys that is maybe Justin, Jordan, Colt, and. Well, the Mexican national golf coach refers to you as that because I just saw him in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, but I mean, that's just when he's with you. But yeah. <laughs> Other than that, how do you feel about the nickname? I don't love it, but you know, it's, you, you know, it's just one of those. That, if you fight it, it's going to get worse. Yes, exactly. Probably. But where did it come from? Like, how did it start? When was the first? When was it, oh, I should probably ask you. That's uh, cold. cold. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we used to play a lot of golf in Dallas together. And Carlos is used to having a caddy, among <laughs> other things, on the golf course. And we would be playing together. And he would just be like, Colt, where's the win? Colt, do you think six iron gets here? And I'm like. I don't know. Figure it out. And he goes, I've never played without a caddy before. And I was like, no. dude, you are such a princess. <laughs> That's kind of how it just started. No, yeah. he. I like the good things. and uh, I like the good things. I like, I like the good, the good things. things. That's a good and way to then, put it. Uh, I like the nice life. And, and that's why he called me princess. But I mean, that's, that's not, nothing wrong with that. My favorite nothing. one is when I went and picked him up from his place to go play golf. And I was like, hey, we're going to stop and get some breakfast. He goes, no, I've already eaten. Let's just go to the course. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> no. No, no, I'm straight. Thanks, so. Just keep keep it moving. I want to warm up. Not ha- that did not happen. That 100% happened. <laughs> Although, let's, let's talk a little bit about when you started playing golf. Because growing up in, in Mexico, I'm sure golf's not quite what it was in America or what it is in America. What was it like for you? It's, it's definitely not what it is in America. It's different. Um, I, I mean, it doesn't sound good, but it's definitely an elite. It's for the elite. It's mm-hmm. just... There's no public golf courses. The only public golf courses are resort golf courses in Cabo or Cancun, and they're three hundred dollars yeah. for a green fee. So it's not available for everybody, and that makes it hard. You know, um, it's not it's not a sport that is look good by other people. You know, it looks like uh, if you're a white man and, and you know rich, that's what that's how people look at it in Mexico. And then and then it's been it's been changing lately. I think they've done a great job. More tournaments. There, it's getting bigger. It's become more available for everybody. But when I was starting and growing up, it was definitely not like that. And if you told me like my friends back in school or something or people that were not playing golf, they, they thought it was, you know, the most boring sport and, and, and just for rich people. Nah, it's not like that. And you have to work your ass off to, to do anything in this kind of sport. I saw that you, you said I chose golf because it's the most challenging sport. What other were you playing other sports as a young kid before golf? I, I played other sports and I did a little bit of everything, but since I was eight, nine, I knew I wanted to play golf, and that's where I sticked on. And I, um, that's something my parents always ask me: whatever, whatever you're gonna do, whatever you wanted to do, you have to do it the right way, and you have to commit. So, 
I picked golf and I committed to that. And eventually when I was playing soccer, it starts becoming an issue, you know, schedules, tournaments. So I just picked golf and I, I kept it that way. I would say, like, obviously, you know, your your success, Abe Answer's success has probably really helped Mexico. Obviously, Lorena Ochoa, what she did. But, you know, I was just covering the Latin American amateur down in the Dominican. And I would say for Latin golf, like that event had to do huge things. To, to help grow the game yeah 100 percent. especially getting you into the masters that's yeah. the best tournament in the world so um i think people are starting to notice notice uh, mexico and la the latin american golf you know mm -hmm. and i think they're they're investing in it there's going to be two peter tournaments this year in in mexico um game is growing there's more turns from the latin america uh, corn ferry so i think it's, it's there's good things happening i mean uh, lorena did an, an awesome job i think I am where I am because of Lorena. She she inspired a lot of people. She made it look possible, you know, because you're Mexican. You never saw a Mexican competing really on on, on the tour. And, Mex and Lorena made it possible, especially for me that we're in the same club. I saw her train. I saw her become from a college player to professional to number one in the world. And I mean, it was not coincidence. She was working her ass off every day, practicing hard. And, and I saw that firsthand. So that's that definitely inspired me and I knew if I worked hard, it was possible. Were you growing up and like playing with her when she was at the same club as you? Were you guys going out and playing nine, like you were picking her brain and stuff like that? Or was she just there doing her thing and you were watching? She was doing her thing and then if you'd ask, she would, she would play with you and she would gamble like for whatever in, in the putting green and, and that was huge for us, you know? And that I can relate that relate to that now that I'm, I'm back home a little bit more. Uh, there's a, a lot of these kids that are practicing in the afternoon, so. If you give them just a bit of time and practice with them or play a, a money game or something, it's, it's, it's awesome. And that's what she did for us. You know, she, she was, she's always available. She's been from the beginning and right now she's probably one of the greatest players I know, most humble and, and unbelievable. Tell me, I mean, it could be the same now as when she was number one in the world, but like how big of a deal is she in Mexico? She, like I said, look, you need to understand golf is not huge, you mm -hmm. know? So... But anybody that knows golf she knows who she is. To this day, she's like respected. Everybody that knows golf will ask a picture from her. And she does so much. I think, and I talked to her recently, I think she does more golf stuff right now than what she did when, when she was uh, number one in the world. She just does these charity deals one after another, one mm -hmm. after another. She she makes so much money for charities. It's it's unbelievable. It's, it's crazy. And she said she wants to just slow down, but... She, I mean, it's, she's helping so many kids, so many schools, so many stuff that it's hard to stop, you know? Yeah, I can't remember the exact year she retired, but I played with her a couple years ago in a charity event, and we got teamed up, me and her. And she still had her clubs. I mean, it had been six to maybe ten years since she'd last played a tournament. Still had all of her same old clubs. But it was awesome to watch her. Obviously, she didn't practice like she used to, but still has that competitiveness in her. Oh. Like, she hits a bad shot. She wasn't happy. I, I thought it was awesome. She She's unbelievable. I had a shoulder thing, and I couldn't play, but she... She organized this charity tournament at the end of the, at the end of the year in December. Abe played, Gabby Lopez played. I was supposed to play with her. Me and Lorena were gonna play Gabby and 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 Abe. And I got hurt. My brother played, but I saw her play. She actually practiced like three four days before yeah. the tournament. And I mean, she's still so good. I mean, I, I saw Gabby. Gabby is top fifty in the world with the women, and I saw Lorena play. Obviously, Gabby's a bit more sharp right now, but she still drives a long way. She still hits these unbelievable shots. She's she has five, you know, she, they start losing and she starts making yeah. these spots and then cheaping it. And I mean, she's so good. It's unbelievable. You can see how talented she was. Was it nice as a young kid to go out there and play now there and just get your head kicked in over and over? It'd be hard to stick with golf. Like, yeah. No, she's I mean, so good. She, I mean, she was unbelievable. I never played competitively against her because I was so much younger, but just seeing her, it was, I mean, it just one of those that you see something happening and 
She was huge. She was winning like Tiger, you know, winning. She yeah. was winning six, seven it? tournaments a year. She won 30 something times in six years. Yeah, so real quick. Yeah, sure. real. She's like Barry Sanders. She played five, six years golf. of professional golf and said, thanks, and said, guys. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. So she's like the best. I want to bring up. So you mentioned the Masters earlier. And I think this is cool. I, I didn't have a brother to play against growing up, but obviously your brother is a very good golfer as well. He won the Latin American Amateur, which got him in the Masters. He's younger than you, and he got to the Masters yeah. before you. I know you're happy for him, but at the same time, was that a little bit like, damn it, he's going to rub this in my face? Yes, 100%. That was, sore, <laughs> that was a sore topic. And I mean, I, I always said I'm never going to go to the Masters to Augusta until I, I qualify on my own, you know, and, and that's just something I... I always had in my mind and he qualified and I had to go. I, so it wasn't, damn. I was a pro brother, but it was not the best for me because I was like, damn, I'm here to watch my brother, you know, not, yeah. not me. And I'm, you know, it was just something that, that happened. I really enjoyed going. It's one of the best places in the world. And, and he actually had a great tournament. He almost finished a low am, a Victor Hobel mm -hmm. beat him, but it was a great experience. At least you got back on your own. So it wasn't the only time. Yes. That would have been a little bit Yeah, but he still said, remember, I, I, right, I, 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 played, I played there first and I, fi I beat you. You know, because he <laughs> yeah, finished I like 30 and I didn't miss the cut last year. But so. It's a good uh, little brother. That's yeah. what they're supposed to do. But yeah. when you're coming out, you're talking about, you know, golf isn't the biggest thing in Mexico. You're coming out, you're like the number one or two ranked junior in Mexico. How hard is it to get recruited by U.S. schools, I, even though you're winning tons of stuff? I actually, it wasn't easy for me. I didn't have a ton of offers. I had. An offer from North Texas and a couple offers that were not even real offers. Like, yeah, you come here, we'll give you a little bit of scholarship and you redshirt that year. And I'm like, I mean, I could do that. And my mom's like, no, you're. I was already not going to school like normal people. And he's like, you're not going to take another year off. You, you, we're going to go somewhere where you're going to start playing and, and studying. And so I went to North Texas. So and UNT was, was like it in terms of like real it, offers? Yes. Where would you, if you could have gone, and like, did you know where you wanted to go or have ideas to play? Like, I'd love to go to Texas or wherever. I mean, there's so many awesome, I mean, you can, it's, that's the greatest thing about the U.S. You can pick wherever you want. There's, there's good schools everywhere. <laughs> what kind of weather you like, what mm -hmm. kind of people you like. I mean, that's, that's, you guys don't realize how lucky people are here. You guys can pick, if you're good at anything, you can go anywhere you want. It's true. You're well, smart, you're good. You're good at sports, you're good. You're set. You know, there's and no if you're not, you go to TCU. <laughs> there's always a backup, maybe right there in Fort Worth. No, but uh, honestly, and then I just didn't have a lot of offers because I also didn't play enough golf in the States. So then my brother um, noticed how he was, and my par parents learned, because it's a kind of a learning curve how to get recruited. My brother played enough, and then he, he pretty much picked wherever he wanted to go. Yeah, it's just hard. It's just a different animal. Like we kind of take it for granted. You play good. Some junior tournaments. There's gonna be colleges all over the place showing up for you. You could win everything in Mexico. Just as good, you know. Yeah, no, you're and, not gonna and you get, get like one. You know, like dude, Rom. I mean, he had like University of San Francisco was it until ASU came in late. Yeah, I mean, that, that's how it is. And 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 I mean, I I'm still glad it happened. You know, I, North Texas is probably not the most fancy. We have the best facilities or anything, but it was. It's, Close to Dallas, it's a it's a great place. Weather is decent. It was fine. It was fine. I actually enjoyed my time there. And you got you and, yeah, and you got you and Sebastian Munoz both went to school there now. Yeah, but that, I mean that's 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 another story. That guy did not want to play golf for a living. Did no one have? He went there for the uh, college experience. And he said, "You hey, look, guys, I'm here. I'm not gonna play golf. I'm just gonna here to have fun." And and you know, and I'm like, "Come on, dude! I, you I could tell that he can play. We we have like the best team." And out of the team, he was probably one of the best ones. Rodolfo Casson was really good. He played with me. And then Sebastian was the, second, the third best by far, you know? And I said, come on, dad, you should try, you know? 
no, and it's that's not for me. I'm gonna relax, you know, enjoy my time here. So the year I decide to to leave college, he decides, okay, I'm gonna try it out. You know, he says because he saw me having success, he's like, I'm gonna try it out. I might as well try out since I'm here. But once he started trying, he won tournaments. He started doing awesome. But he he refused to play when I was there, and he'll tell you to this day he did not want to play golf when I was there. So he he never played in the team with me. I mean, you when he inspired him. He was intimidated by the princess. No, he was not intimidating. Yes. He wanted to have fun, and I like everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah, you it happens. And then he started trying, and obviously he's a normal. Most people play. get there and then and don't play well, and then say, "Screw it, I'm just gonna have a good time." Not that many I know just show up and be like, "I don't care." He's, I mean, but he's turned into a hell of a player. Yeah. He's a unbelievable player. He's always been a great player. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's a, how's that school now? Like, you, I, having two guys like you guys come out and do what you guys have done, I gotta think that lifts Look, the program. It is hard, you know. They've definitely gotten uh, some good. Uh, you know, they start, these coaches have to learn how to recruit outside the U.S. Because inside the U.S., they know all the schools and all their options. So all the good players get snatched and you get down the list. And at the end of the day, you go to, your, to these recruiting trips and you see the facilities. And it's hard that they're going to pick North Texas over yeah. any of the SEC schools or mm -hmm. Big 12 schools. So money at the end of money, when you have money in a school, it changes everything. And like my brother, he went to all these schools and I was like, oh, my God, I'm jealous just to seeing all the things that they're getting offered, you know, all the... Little things like all the extra clothes, tennis shoes, uh, they get per diem, they get, uh, they fly private to these tournaments. I mean, like, what, what, what are these guys doing? You know, like, <laughs> I, we, we, we were lucky if we flew in a plane. And if he was inside eight hours, we would drive to the tournament. He was like, please be outside eight hours. Let's just fly. That's great. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your pro golf because, you know, you get out on the Corn Ferry Tour and you do something that only 12 players have done so far, the three win promotion. You were on an absolute heater that year was that one of those years where just golf just felt like man this is it's just easy every time i tee it up you know something i think it's because i got there without expectations it mm -hmm. was you know I, I always told myself you know if if i get a i knew i was a consistent player i know if i get myself a full year on the corn ferry i'll prove myself and i said okay my goal here is just to keep my card you kind of see how professional golf is had never played a professional tournament before so just wanted to see how it was and I was no expectations I want to keep my car this year and then next year I'll get to a pit tour that was my behind behind my head my thoughts you know so I show up to the first tournament and finish third and I'm like it wasn't that hard you know it's it's okay the second one I missed the cut third finished 15 and then the fourth tournament I play I win and I was like damn it's much easier than I thought I you know like <laughs> but everything was just I had had you know I was no expectation I just showed up he went after every single pin it's just like a I had no thoughts, either. you know, you have no fear, no nothing, you just play. And it was, it, you know, one of those years that golf was easy, you know. Uh, I watched it up close and personal. Yes, and, and it was great. Um, then after that, I, I just started, a lot of things started coming into play, and I, I struggled, came back to the tour, to the web tour, and it's the best thing that actually happened to me. Then I became, I feel that's when I have started to become the player I, I'm going to start becoming, you know, much better, more solid, more consistent. I would With say... I would just say just from playing with you through those years, like you had that great year on the Corn Ferry Tour and you got it on the PJ Tour, and it was almost like maybe lacking a little self-confidence. You weren't for sure, in my opinion, if you knew you were ready to be on the PJ Tour. Yeah, no, no. I, I, look, the first year I played on the PJ Tour, I actually had a decent year. I, I didn't feel like I played my best. I had a lot of times where I uh, tee off on the last group or right before the last, and I ended up playing terrible. And I finished, I think, 70 or 80 in the Flex Cup. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that bad for my first mm -hmm. year. Not, not so no, so great. You know? yeah. uh, second year, I changed equipment and I couldn't drive the ball. And that just, I, it was, I mean, I think it's, um, I don't know how these people do it without driving the ball straight. I, I normally <laughs> drive the ball really straight. I couldn't drive the ball in the fairway and I had a terrible year. I did not enjoy it at all. 
and I lost my car. And then after that, it was, you know, recovering your, your confidence. And that's a hard thing to do. When you got back to the Corn Ferry Tour after spending a couple of years on the PJ Tour, did it register with you, like, how impressive what you did your first time on the Corn Ferry was? Like, the three wins and how easy it was? Because, I mean, the caliber of golf down there is not insanely different than the PJ Tour. It is, but I, I feel like I knew why, why it happened. You know, like, if you play with no fee, and that's how you should play every single time. That's where I'm trying to get it my every time I tee off in a tournament but if you see the number one players in you know the top players in the world they play with no fear they go after every single pin they don't care if they short side themselves they're aggressive as he gets that's how I played and once you start getting a little bit times that you get knocked down you there's some fear that starts coming in and I think that's what happened and then after that it was just becoming again play without fear just play without if there's no consequences and just just go out and do your best and that's I started playing like that and and I almost got my car back the first time I had to stay two years I finished like 29 on the regular season and 27 on the on the on the playoffs, uh, playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. and then but I knew I was going to get it back and I wasn't that year it took me a long time to get my confidence back the next year I just played solid I didn't even win and I got my card easy you know like like just playing I finished top 25 like 10 12 tournaments in a row and I just understood what I had to do and then you also you get used to the nice things really quick going back down is not that fun (laughs) (laughs) I want to go to the uh, the equipment change real quick because that's something you know a lot of players face criticism when they switch but I don't think a lot of people understand the opportunity it gets I mean obviously you're going to get more money stuff like that but going back and looking at when you did switch to your equipment is that something you might have regret looking back on 100 percent. and it was look money was not a, the biggest uh, factor why i changed um it was a little bit of chasing a little bit of speed and the fact that i could play exactly the thing i was playing and use just the driver for the same amount i was getting with my last company the, mm-hmm. the, the con- you know the contract mm-hmm. the club contract and that's it's, it's a no-brainer, you know. They I, back then I was with Ping. They make you force me to use the putter. I use everything Ping, but the putter. They wanted me to change to that putter and my contract, and I, I didn't like it. So I was okay. Now I'm gonna play just a driver tailor made, and and then everything else I can use whatever I want. And I kept pretty much the same bag, just a putter, the one I wanted, and just changed the driver. But I couldn't hit the driver straight, and it just killed me. And it was when that M1, M2 came that it was super hot and you had to launch it. I have never been one to launch. I've always hit down on the ball and, and kind of like hit a low fade or high fade. But it, it's always been with spin. Yes, when I got fitted, it was unbelievable. You know, I was hitting at 320 because <laughs> I was launching it. I don't know. I don't know the launch numbers, but I was yeah. launching it high with no spin. But then when you go to a golf course and you have to hit it straight under pressure, that thing did not work. Yeah. Well, it looks good on a monitor. It doesn't always always play the best and you're in a little different spot because you're saying like money wasn't the biggest issue i didn't just switch just for money but being like a rookie for most rookies on the pga tour when all of a sudden things are available that they haven't been offered before more money to play our clubs and things like that is that one of the biggest mistakes you think you see like if you were giving advice to a rookie like dude just stay with what you what a hundred percent i think a lot of people um they factor in that money thing and and I understand a lot of people have been playing many tours and, and trying to get make their way up and they finally get these decent contracts. They're not even that big at the moment compared to what yeah. you're going to make on the golf course. But in the moment, you think it's a big deal yeah. getting 150, 200, 300,000. They don't even get that. They probably get 120 or 150 from a company these days and they think it's a big deal. And so they switch only because they have that security of getting $150,000 when they don't realize that you're going to be playing for $8 million every, every week. And I think people make that mistake a lot you over know? and over you see all these guys that they used to play you know i don't know taylor made on the on the corn ferry they come here and they start playing pxg why because they got a little bit of money and and 
I feel like whatever you make you got there, you should try to keep it at least at the beginning because I think the first year is always the hardest. It's crazy now looking back. Like we do this little fun thing on our Sirius XM show where we pick a guy each week so you see how much everybody makes. And like I was looking at Pebble Beach and I think 18th place was like $121,000. I was like, yeah. Jesus. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like in 18th is a, is a good, nice week, but I think all of you that teed up on the PJ Tour want it, expect to do better than that. And you're still making, you're finishing 18th and making six figures. 100%. Yeah. But you factor in a decision, like, if I have one good week yeah. that with this old equipment that I wouldn't have with this new stuff, like, there's the contract right there. But yeah, no, but, but it's all just in your hands, especially coming from the mini But tours. it always gives you that sense of security, I guess, for yeah. players. Knowing, oh, I'm gonna, I already have $150,000 security. Yeah. But they don't, they're, they're thinking, they're seeing, like, right here instead of seeing the, the big picture. I, that's what I think, you know? And I, that happened to me with that little thing. It was, instead of me thinking about that, oh, I'm getting that extra money, just because of using the side of the hat and, and the driver, instead of me looking, it's like, am I, my, am I, I should have always be a free, you know, whatever, use whatever clubs I wanted. Either way, I can get sponsors for the rest, you know, and I switch it up. I just get the, the whatever clubs. And that's what I've been doing. And I've still been playing ping this whole time. I feel like more people are doing that, minus the top guy. They're, they're throwing out so just some weird numbers at the, you know, the top guys. But more, I feel like there's more guys further down the money list, the FedEx Cup, that are starting to just, I'll play whatever I want because the money's so good out here. I still, done, think we, done, I still think we have so. seen those big guys switch to a company and then switch back. I think Rory did it a couple years ago. Justin Rose. Uh, Justin Rose, Sergio did it. I mm -hmm. mean, and, um, John Rams has stayed with them. But I with Calvary, but there's a lot of people that did that big names. They switched to the big comp to another company because they got a big, big money. And then they switched back after a year, even breaking their contracts because they were not happy with the equipment they were playing. Yeah. Done pencil. Tough deal. Yeah. Done pencil. Um, let's talk a little bit about your first win down in Houston. Cause you beat two of the biggest names in the game, Hideki Matsuyama and Dustin Johnson. What was that week like for you? And how much confidence did you take away from that week? Uh, it's, you know, something, it was one of those weird weeks. Um, I was the first time I had not to test for, for I had to start testing after getting COVID. Mm -hmm. I tested positive again that week, first time after having it for three months and I couldn't get to the golf course. And so I, I couldn't really practice and, and, and whatever. So I got in late because they finally cleared me showing that it was just the, the you know, the extra virus you were shedding yeah. of your, mm -hmm. of your body. So I didn't really get the practice I wanted. Then my shoulder was bothering me and I don't know. I wasn't really hitting it even that well. You know, it was scrambling. I was playing with Harold uh, that week. Mm. I remember that he would keep giving me shit. If I if I get mad or something, it's like, dude, stop complaining. Carry on. <laughs> leave your <laughs> leave your caddy away. He would do that in the middle of the tournament. I would just, you're right. Let's go. You know, like <laughs> he's the best. I love that guy. But I don't know. I just start having fun, and I but I was scrambling. The only day I actually hit it good, I felt like I played decent or you know like pretty solid. It was the last day. The other three days I scrambled the way I, you know, I, I made up and downs out of the trash can and on that golf course and, and I won, you know, playing, I felt like I played really solid one day. The other three were just good days where you got the, the max score, you know, like where you made it up and down pretty much every time you could. And when I had very opportunities, I made them. Uh, I felt that it just, everything kind of worked out, but it was not like a special week. You know, I didn't, I hit it way better. I played way better golf in other weeks and I just end up not winning. Like Maya Koba this year, I feel like I couldn't play any better and I still lost to Victor Hovland and and then in Houston I feel like I played okay 
I just hit, I played awesome the last day and I won. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's hard to explain. I don't know. To be fair, a lot of people are losing to Victor Hovland these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really hard to beat that guy. Yeah, ain't the only dude. I, I, I felt that I, you know, like when you mm -hmm. feel like, okay, I gave it everything I yeah. made up and on. I mean, but yeah, of course you can go back and on this spot, but I played as solid as I could and he still beat me by three strokes. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm so happy with my second place. Let's go. Yeah. I'm not even sad that I finished second. You know, like, well, what else am I going to do? You know, you I, had no more, I had no more, I had no three strokes. If I go back, there's no yeah. way there I can. There ain't three out there. Yeah, there's no three out there. But that, I mean, you got to be one of the only dudes that can look back on a week and say, I not only did I win, but I also beat DJ and Hideki, two of the best in the world, stare me down without your best stuff. That's got to be like a huge boost. Like, dude, I didn't even have everything that I got this week and I still did it. Yeah, I mean that that was awesome. I had everything I had on the last day. I, last day I was I played unbelievable, and and then, I mean that definitely feels great. I, I, he was number one in the world when I beat him, and that that's awesome. You know, to be the number one player in the world, it's not like I beat just random guys. He was the best, and then I like that, and I feel like I'm once I get on the chase, I'm I'm good at. It. I don't get scared, and I I feel like I play. You know, I, I hit the shot I have to hit, and I did that that week, and that was that was great. That was. That was awesome, and it was really special making that putt on the last hole. Yeah, that was a nice one. Can you explain how much like pressure comes off your shoulders after you get a win for the first time? You get the two-year exemption, you're getting the Masters, you're getting all this stuff, and for the first time you can take a breath for a guy that's been out there and then come back to the Corn Ferry Tour like, dude, I got some time out here now, like no matter what. Honestly, that does that's not something that happened to me. I didn't really take pressure off me. It was more like... The pressure, yeah, I knew, I always knew I was going to win on the tour. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. It was more like, okay, finally won. And I think uh, three days later, you realize, okay, now what? You know, it's, it's just, you have to keep going. And, and I wouldn't say I have less pressure or more pressure than, than before because of winning. I, you know, you always, it's not like you're high and then because you won, you, don't, you I still want to play good the next week and I still expect myself to, to do well, you know. Um, I feel like I still have the same or pressure, I still have the same goals. It didn't change much for me in that sense. Except you got to go to Augusta and yeah. rub yeah, it I mean, in your that, brother's face. Yes, that, <laughs> that was a huge part of the Augusta. But um, but I I mean, if anything, it, it, you know, feel me more like I, I know what I need to t do and I understood I didn't have to play my best golf to, to win. Um, I feel like it gave me more motivation, if anything. Yeah, and like you said, you know, winning that tournament, get you in the Masters, get your world ranking up where you get in other major championships yeah. is... The major championships, kind of your next goal. Um, you've played in seven so far, haven't had the best success. Is that something you you know you you go to those and you think maybe with more experience you'll start to play better, or is it something in your game you notice that you have to get better at for major championships? No, I feel actually I feel my game fits better for a for a major championship than normal weeks. I hit it decent length and straight, and I can hit it high, I can spin the ball. So I, it's good for a major championship. It's just that I've Honestly, I haven't prepared the right way. I think you're, I'm like a little puppy. I get so excited. I show to a major and you're like running around practicing three practice rounds. And by Thursday, I'm like, damn, I still have to play four more days. And I am exhausted. I've, I've messed up. And I think you just learn by, by yeah. playing them. And I, I definitely have not treated them how I should. I still don't know what's the right way. I'm finding out. I just, I definitely know what not to do now. I still haven't found it. What's the perfect formula. I know it's different for everybody, but I've definitely over practiced those weeks and um, I feel those are the weeks because the golf, co golf course are so hard. You have to be so rested and, 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 and good in the, in the head, you know, to be able to think your way around those golf courses. And I've been so exhausted by, by Thursday. Do you have a, a major championship that stands out to you in your mind? Like this is the one, this suits me the best. Honestly, when I walk into Augusta National, it was, since my brother went there, uh, 
it's one of those plays that they tell you how unbelievable it is and normally you know when they tell you it's right here you get there with these expectations and it's right here they tell you it's right here and you show up and it's mm. like mm-hmm. way up here that's one of those places and and i think that's the best one but you know honestly you know walking at the british open working at eight holes seeing all the stands that's that's just something that gives you the chills, you know, the, 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 this history of golf and the way it's played, the golf course, how they are there. There's no shaping around. They're not like perfectly manicured. It's just, it's like they literally build a golf course as the land is and they use the pin right there and they just go, <laughs> cut it short and that's the green. And then you, you go play. I mean, I think that's unbelievable. I I wouldn't even, I mean, obviously if I won any major championship, that would be unbelievable and I would take any, but probably British or Masters are, it's hard to pick one over the other. I think Augusta, it's, it's just everything that everybody loves about golf, but British is history, so it's just a close call there. Yeah. And I know you're very close with Sergio Garcia, who won a Masters. How much have you leaned on him and like picked his brain, and how much has he helped you in your PGA Tour career? He's been a, a great friend. He helps me out. He's one of those guys that you, if you ask for help, he will give you help and more. You know, He's one of those that is right there for you, and, and he loves helping you out. But it's hard to also relate to him. He things for him are so easy, you know. He either he'll give you a lot of details, but the way he sees and he plays golf, it's just not normal. <laughs> you know, it's just like, not how, normal. like what are you talking about? Like you got an example, like the way he explains things or how he hits shots. Or yeah, what? the way he shots it's for him, it's just if you, if you see him hit three woods or or five woods. How you do it? Just you have to feel this way, and you see. <laughs> You try to do the same thing and it just goes like, it's like, you're carry on. I'll, I'll figure it out. You well, know? well, he obviously learned from, you know, Seve and Jose Maria. And I spent a day with Jose Maria Lothabo around the greens, learning how to chip and hit bunker shots. And I, that's exactly how I felt leaving. I'm like, I can't do the things he does. Like you can't, like he would show me these things. And I'm like, okay, well I physically can't do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, and Sergio is obviously one of the best ball strikers ever. I play with Jose Maria and Sergio at the Masters and mm-hmm. Jose Maria was chipping around the greens and he uses 56 or something. It's like, you have to pick them like that. And you know, and you, obviously he, he's not looking. You try the same thing and you use Duff and <laughs> <laughs> you pick up the ball and then try again. But I mean, they make it seem like it's so simple, you know, like the hands they have, the way they chip, it's like, it's like they're grabbing a putter and it's so soft. Yeah. And I mean, just things that <laughs> that's, that's why they're, they're so good but it, i mean you can always ask all these uh, questions and advices and everything but golf is so different for everybody that it's hard to to always get the perfect advice you know mm-hmm. you can always pick their brain and see what they're thinking but I, not all the times it's the same everybody's different do you think that's one of the things like at the masters or some for instance i'll just use that as an example because you're asking jose like how do you chip and all that. like if it was a normal event and you were playing with somebody else you're probably not asking that type of stuff granted it's probably not jose Murillo. i thought well do you think it's like you almost try too much like i want to soak up every single thing i can and sometimes like try to do too much 100 percent. i mean you're asking how do you play these hole and you know this there is yeah, the you theme, just play it. there is the fair way you find a way to get it from here to there yeah. in the least yeah. as possible i mean that's the easiest way to think about it. but there you're overthinking everything and just don't miss it here don't miss it here and it's just like there's so many places you shouldn't miss it instead of just like yeah. okay i have to be here and here that's it let's go you know like you can mm-hmm. even i feel like on the majors as i go on i'm probably gonna play less and just walk more because you can actually see instead of wasting your energy mm, you know yeah. playing you know like and I, I saw that from justin rose for example that last year i don't think i saw i saw him probably three times on the golf course he only had his putter and his wedge and he was walking with his caddy mm-hmm. and i think he's done well in that place and and I mean, I think they probably know how to play those majors already. Yeah, it's a great yeah, point, though. Just, I mean, 
There's Easy. no, I mean, there's some secrets around some golf courses, but for the most part, it's hit it here, hit it here. It's golf. I mean, there's not that much. There's no, no secret, you know, like I, yeah. they, they, they can tell you, yeah, I mean, here it's going to break this way. You know, little things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, the pin is there, you know, there is a big hill there. Big slope here. You can somehow you have to get in that you know 15 feet radius, and yeah. if not, it's just gonna. You have to accept that if not, it's gonna be a hard shot going back yeah. because it's gonna it's gonna roll down. That, that's how it is. That's what Augusta does, though. Makes you want to try too hard. Yeah. Let's go to another event that you got to play. That's a large event, the Olympics. You go over there, and you were one of the few guys I think that stayed in the Olympic. You opted to stay in the Olympic Village, even though it was like further away. What was that like? I was unbelievable. That that event, I honestly didn't have much expectations you know like you're really that's just what you're playing for is just for your honor your country and everything and I hadn't done that in a long time uh, so I showed up with no expectations you know thing like on any other it's like any other week any other tournament but once you show up there you like see this feeling I even get goosebumps if thinking you, when you're playing for a whole country it's different you know you you really want to try you you want to represent you know and and it was an unbelievable experience staying in the village was a a great choice. I got to see all the all the other athletes, uh, how they interact, what they do, and I we used to go to the gym, obviously not to work out, but just to hang out, just to see how they work out. I mean, it was unbelievable. We went to just stretch, and you see these people were these going do, doing these workouts. Those are true athletes, you know. They're all like six five, super strong. I mean, it was unbelievable, and just the experience, just just playing there, it was it was great. Uh, I had a I had a great time. I was in the mix the whole time. I didn't have a great last day, but as an experience, it's probably one of the best experiences of my life. How were the beds? Yeah, that's what we needed to know about cardboard. They, they, they were, they were they, they were cardboard. They they were not comfy. I slept in a bed like tiny one with Mikey. We were touching feet all night and and and, and <laughs> touching feet all night. Feet. I mean, it was. We had our rules. This is my side of the room. This is your side of the room, and, and it was, I mean, it was fun. I mean, we we had five rooms in my in my little condo, two bathrooms, and I slept. It was it, I had to run with Mikey in one room, and it was two guys in the other room, and then two coaches in another room, boxers, and then a boxer in another room, and another coach in the other room, and you know it's, it's cardboard. Also, the walls are cardboard, you know, so you could hear everything if they were texting and if they were went to the bathroom. It, I mean, if you if you really want to rest and be at your top of the game, you probably should not be staying there. But all these athletes that are winning the, the Olympic medals are staying there, so I'm like, that's what's crazy. I'm gonna stay there, you know. But it, if you, it's definitely not comfortable. Let's put it that way. It's but like it's a all bad need, dorm. It's, it's like all, a shitty dorm. It, that wouldn't even cut it. That would be inhumane in the U.S. You know, it's, <laughs> there's no there's no paint on the walls. It's just, yeah. it's it's a. I think those things. I have a, a video. I want. I can show you guys. It's an apartment that is not finished. They put a toilet and they put the walls that are cardboards, you know, like, and that's how they divide everything. So, and there's a big uh, window, for example, in my dorm, it was a big window and there's three rooms there, but you cannot put wall against the window, right? So there's a space this much. So you can hear everything on every single room. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, and, and the beds were literally cardboards. Yeah. Now that you've experienced that, when you make the next Olympic team, will you opt to stay in the Olympic village or will you? go somewhere more comfortable no i'll stay in the olympic village it's the yeah. experience you have to live the experience okay. I, I loved it i it's it's awesome uh it's just people think it's it's not i mean not for what we're used to i'm, I'm not i don't stay in fancy hotels but in a normal holiday inn or whatever hotel you stay you're gonna stay way more comfortable than the olympic village and you don't have to share bath. you have to share bath. yeah in the mornings like... you, you wanted to take a shit and you couldn't take a shit because there was a, <laughs> that's a, and they could hear you i mean how are you supposed yeah, to tell no, no. and then there's another there is a coach right there you know mexican coach there 
you, you, and then he finishes and you know it's gonna stink, but you have to go to the bathroom again. I mean, you know, I'm not, it's more back to college, you know, yeah, back yeah. to a dorm. Yeah. On the week you're supposed to be at your best in your life, you wait like, four years for this thing, and all of a sudden you gotta wait for a coach had, to come out taking a growler. That, that Olympic, which was so far from the golf course, was like an hour and 30 minute drive. So we had to wake up, if we tee off at eight, we had to wake up at 4.30, you know, to mm-hmm. do the whole process and drive there, one hour, an hour and 30 minutes driving. So this boxer fight, we, we're in contention there too. This boxer has a fight and it's like at 11 p.m. or 10 p.m. So he fights, wins, comes back to the room. You can hear everything. They put a, they put him on the top, ice. So you mind putting ice of buckets in. You can hear the whole thing. It's like the room is falling and they're screaming and everything. So Mike has to come out like at 12.30. We have more, you know, four hours more of sleep. Hey guys, we, we you know I know I know you guys congrats of you winning the fight and everything, but we, we have to wake up soon. Will you guys mind keeping it uh, down? And he's like, yeah, so sorry, we, we still have adrenaline and then yeah. we're still going, yeah. trying to calm down. It's like you, you know, thanks guys, but I don't want to disturb. But you know, we we have to wake up, and that's part of, of what we were living. But it was awesome. But it, that's crazy. You, yeah, it's we, like we got we got no best. sleep because you know you could hear everything. And it, you, like one other night, I had to the coach right beside us, and I had to scream through the room because he was texting and he had the, the chime on. So it was every oh. time he got a text back, he was ding. What is the matter with this guy? And I said, I finally said, coach, coach. He didn't know he was saying, yes, you mind turning your phone off? We can hear you. And oh. I mean, or he talking the phone. If I say, wait, you know, it's yeah, like if you talk at the phone at four or five in the morning, you could hear the conversation anyway. Yeah, so the week you're supposed to be at your best, the whole your whole country is watching you. You show up and play a bad first round. They don't know that you're up till three a.m. waking up at four thirty because you're. No, but it, I mean, was it, it, was, it was great. I mean, uh, that's those, those are little things that you 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 definitely I definitely got an unbelievable sleep once I got to a normal room. Let's put it that way. Did you meet any other like athletes that you were excited to see while you were over there? I saw Djokovic one day, and I mm. saw I saw I think it's uh, you're a big Federer guy, right? Yeah, he was not there. But, yeah, uh, but that's your he boy. was. Um, I had some basketball guys, some baseball guys. There were some Mexican guys that I knew that they were playing on the, that Mexican team. The, and the, the, you know, the, the thing that was unbelievable is when somebody won a medal, everybody would stand up and clap, and they would ro- walk into their building, and then the whole country was waiting outside and singing and doing things. That that was unbelievable. I, experiencing that and seeing that and, and how they were reacting, and everybody was just so respectful. And I mean, they were just one like. If you think about it, these people prepare for four years for this yeah. event. So people, it's, it's like their week, you know, they're focused, they're, they're there to win. That's why for me, it was unbelievable to see where they stay for doing, yeah. you know, yeah. they're, they're preparing for four weeks and they're staying on these places to, to, to compete at their best level. It's crazy. It is. Well, that's an unbelievable experience. Should we get to the nine? Yes. All right. Yes, please. Carlos, emergency nine time, nine questions to learn more about the great Carlos Ortiz. Okay. And we ask this to everyone. You can trade lives with anyone, dead or alive, for a day. Who would it be? Ooh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, probably not. I, don't, I wouldn't say. <laughs> you can, you, is it somebody you don't want to be? No, no. I, I just. <laughs> I don't know who I would trade places with. It can be anyone. It ain't easy. You get to be him for a day. This is a deep thinker. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, I would say I would love to trade for like. But you, you doing what they do or just for yeah or, yeah yeah you're, you're them. Like I would say like a, a Nadal or Federer playing one of those Grand Slams or fuck like you know like one of the like Queen the the, the uh, Freddie Mercury when he was singing like something like that just leave what they the hype they leave. Get Michael, early, Freddie Michael, Mercury. Michael Jordan. Yeah. 
Michael Jordan back in the day. Just dunk on someone's face. It'd be nice. There's no yeah. wrong answers. No, 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 no. I, I just think there's so many options yeah. to think of, you know? Yeah. Freddie Merck at Wimbledon. Maybe not later on in his life, but at Wimbledon. When he shut that yeah. down. Or Wimbley, sorry. I was like, Wimbledon? Wimbledon? Not Wimbledon. Wimbley, Wimbley, Wimbley. We were just Wimbley. talking about tennis. Wimbley. <laughs> like, yeah, Wimbley. Freddie Mercury played Wimbley. tennis. That would have been a good one. Yeah. All right, first one for me. I'm going to audible out of this into one that we were talking about before. His nickname's Gravy. My nickname's Sleaze. We have a radio show called that. What would be the Spanish translation? Mm. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What How would we say, say it if we were trying to hoblaw? Look, bit. the thing is, I can say things, but I think nowadays it would be offensive to a lot of people if the way you say things. You can't right? offend us. Yeah, you can't offend us. No, but you can still not say the things I'm thinking. Oh. <laughs> well, whatever, Carlos. I Protect feel like you're thinking mean things about us. No. Gravy just, can't be I'm just offensive. saying these days, I would love to speak my mind off and say exactly what I think, but I, you can't these days. This is just how forum. It's just how everything is going. This That's is true. the trust tree. I, I just wish people would not get offended. Us. How you see? say gravy? That's not offensive. Is gravy, it? gravy's gravy. That's how you say it. Gravy's gravy. Yeah, it's just gravy's gravy. Yeah. So it's just the sleaze that's a problem. Yeah. Mm, okay. is a I'm big, gonna have to dig into the sleaze is a problem everywhere. Yeah. That translator <laughs> on my app is what this is. All right, more memorable experience: winning on the PGA Tour or representing Mexico in the Olympics. No, it was definitely, definitely winning on the PGA Tour. Yeah. I mean, it was a great experience, but it was not memorable because I played terrible the last day, and it was one of those bad memories. But it was a great experience overall. Okay. All right, my next one, and I'm very genuinely interested in this. Why on earth would you set up Canelo Alvarez to play with Wyndham Clark at the AT&T Pebble Beach <laughs> instead of playing with him yourself? Probably the biggest celebrity Look, in Mexico. I really, I was never going to play AT&T, but I actually really thought about it. I, it was hard. Yeah. I, I really wanted to play with him, and it was just, it just schedule-wise, it didn't work out. But then I thought, okay, they gave me this list. See who who you think would be cool. And honestly, I thought Wyndham Clark would be half decent to play with him. Interesting. Passing Dude, down Canelo. By the way, there for him. So I got to see Canelo at AT&T Pebble Beach. I, I've been to a fight of his, but I've never been that close to him. We did the million dollar hole in one thing. He comes out first swing, first AT&T. Obviously, you know, it's well known. He's only been playing golf for a couple years. Hits it to 11 inches from 100 yards in front of a massive amount of people. I'm like, yeah. this guy is the greatest athlete I've ever seen. He is unbelievable. I can tell you, I've played with golf with him probably two years ago, and he was as bad as he gets. As bad as he gets. And I know he hired a coach full-time because I've seen him in Guadalajara with him. Uh, he's from San Diego, the coach, and he just grinds. I mean, he, that guy, I think he probably works harder than any average tour pro. So he yeah, told, I, we asked him, nuts. Jim Nance and I asked him how, what his schedule's like. He says golf every day, four hours a day after training, boxing five hours. So I mean, he trains and works out for five hours, then goes and practices for four. I'm like... Jesus, I never did that when I was trying. I mean, I no, you would understand the yeah. way he was swinging the first time I played with him. Yeah. I played with him at the WGC in Mexico, 2019, 2020. I don't know, some yeah. 20 or 20, and he was bad. I mean, like he would not break 100. He would shoot 120, and I saw him play this last year a couple times back mm -hmm. home. I mean, he, he can shoot 80 or yeah. less than 80 yeah. now. He, no, he his can swing's bring, pretty nice. He can bring 80. I mean, you understand? I understand as a golfer. In every, and I can respect the hard work he has put in to, mm -hmm. to become a 36 handicap to probably an 8, 10 handicap right now. It is he unbelievable. Loves it. He, he loves it. I mean, you can yeah. tell how talented he is as an athlete. If he Is he the biggest name in Mexico? Like, if he goes, can he go out in Mexico? No. Is it I mean, like that, LeBron that, going out in the States yeah, or I mean, something? Canelo is big. I mean, Canelo is big in the U.S. here. He's and everywhere. I mean, he's, he's, he's big and, I mean, he's, he's earned it. You know, he's worked his ass off. He was yeah. the guy, that, out of all the celebrities at Pebble, 
he was the guy I saw that people asked for the most pictures with. When Winham Clark told me it was impossible to play with him. Yeah. I mean, like he said he had an unbelievable time with him, but he said because there were so many um, Latins and Mexicans following mm -hmm. him and they honestly didn't know anything about golf. He said that they were they were like Canelo, Canelo, and William was like in the middle of the swing and, and screaming and vamos Canelo. And it's like guys, just calm down. I'm hitting, you know. That's like, crazy. He yeah. said it was great, but he he had that part. Yeah, like he and Doc had to back. He's like we had to back up like ten times. Yeah, because they that. all just want Canelo's attention. Picture. Whatever. He also told me like Manolo was in the middle of the ferry walking with us yeah. during the tournament and tell him you have to tell me that was a great ball. It's like dude, what are you doing? I'm playing a golf tournament. Just back up. Yeah, he was yeah. just like on the tees with him hanging yeah. out. Yeah. Manolo, yeah. yeah, I got to meet him too. Yeah. What a character! Yeah, I but love the, it. he was working with them in the tournament, and he said he had they had to tell him to back off. Yeah, it was like coming up on the tees and like yeah. talking and stuff. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, that's it. it. All right, now that I don't play golf for a living anymore, do you think the next time we play together, you will still ask me where's the wind? Yeah, that's something I need to work on. And I, <laughs> I used to give me shit about that, but yeah, you, I, you I still, still ask me. Yeah, I still, I'll still probably ask you. Perfect. Okay, well, I'll probably be yeah, wrong. I mean, if you're there, he's going to ask you, dude. What else is he it. doing there? It's one of my favorite things about you. <laughs> Colt, where's the wind? <laughs> All right, you're widely regarded as one of the nicest guys on the PGA Tour. So you're playing around a golf with Peter Malnati, also one of the nicest guys on tour. You're both shooting 97. It's super bad. Who's Which one of you breaks a club first? Look, I'm nice. People say I'm nice because I say hi. You know, in this, I, and this is something I've... I don't know if it's not normal here, but people here, you can walk two of people in the locker room, just all, you two, and people don't say hi here. If you say hi, people think you're nice. And I, I'm not saying I'm a bad person, but I, Peter Manati is the nicest guy there is, and I'm not as positive as he is. Nice is not means positive. He's, he's, Peter Manati is the most positive guy. He will never break a club. He gets there, gets the worst line. He says, oh my God, and he finds it. What a beautiful flower. He, he, finds, <laughs> he sees the nicest things in everything. I wish I had that mentality. And... About being nice, I mean, he's a truly a nice guy, but I I honestly just say hi, you know, just be polite. Just say, hey, if you see somebody, hey, hey, good morning. Or, you know, here people on tour, when I'm sitting here, it's on tour, there's a bag, there's a caddy and a player. Ca players only talk to players. If you, It's like they treat the bag and the caddy as the same piece of equipment. They, It's like they completely <laughs> ignore them, you know? If you just say hi to them, they think you're nice. They just say, hey, good morning, how are you doing? You try to learn their names and... People think you're nice because of that. I mean, maybe I'm nicer than some other people, but people just are weird out here. You know, they. they <laughs> well, like, well, I think you're very nice. Yeah. yeah thank Rub you. Rub that off on some others. He, Cold, Cold is a nice guy. Sometimes. He gives a lot of shit to people, but he's in truth, deep down. Deep he's down. Nice. It's all he, facade. He says hi to caddies. He gets along oh, with talk caddies. To but you know what I'm, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, it's always like caddies talk to caddies, players talk to players, and you 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 completely it's like part of the equipment. You know they don't even say hi to them. It's and for me that amazes me that how how some people are around there. I will just staying on that subject. Other than Peter Malnati, give me two or three. You're the nicest guys on the PGA Tour. Harold Barner. Okay. Joaquin. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat Perez. That's all the nice guys. <laughs> no, I mean, Pat, Pat Perez, I like Pat Perez, but he's not Love the Pat. nicest guy out there. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that I like. I like Sergio. People would think Sergio is not as nice because why is he on TV, but he's probably one of the nicest guys on the mm -hmm. golf course. If you're playing with him, even if he's doing bad, he will be cheering you on, and, and he's one of those guys that give you good vibes, too. I've asked that question to a lot of guys, and Gary Woodland's name never comes no, up. No, he has not come never up Never comes yet. up. Yep, he's unlisted at this point. <laughs> he's a nice guy, too. Oh, that was, that's more obligatory. Quiet. Well, if you see what he did to my car, you might not think he's so nice. 
I'll tell you about it off the show. After the yeah, show. just a little pranky poo on old LD over there. All right, am I up? Yeah. All right, here we go. Which tequila is more likely to give the worst hangover after an aggressive night in Cabo? The Fletcher Azul or Mastro de Bell? Why are you guys going to put me on the First off, don't say you guys. That was all him. Start a little war. I'm going to play the fifth and, and decline to answer that and question. And they're both very good tequilas. No, they're great tequilas. Aves has done a very good job with his tequila. But I, I honestly wouldn't wouldn't know which one would you know, give you a <laughs> Yeah, there's no shame. You could say yours. No, no, no. I, I, I've drank them both and I feel great the next Yeah, day. I think they're all good. I think, I think I don't think you get hangover with any. If they're, I think they're both great tequilas and you don't get hangover with good tequilas. Smooth. Especially if you drink them straight. It's perfect. Yes. Eliminate the mixers. Yeah, I think yeah. those mixers give you the, the bad hangovers. Correct. Okay, which nickname fits the player better? The Princess and Carlos Ortiz or the Seagull and Charlie Hoffman? Oh, the Seagull. <laughs> I mean, that that is just... Uh, that's just. Do you, do you give him that nickname? No, I I helped spread it, though. You definitely spread it, but I mean, that's it's... a perfect name. <laughs> yes. There's not one person that you say that to and they're like, yep, that's the, pretty much the most perfect nickname you can have for a guy. Yeah. And it is spreading. Yeah. Oh, it's getting there. I get no, people on like Twitter just send me, like, it'll be in the parking lot wherever they work, and they'll be like, a seagull's there. They'll be like, look, I found Charlie. <laughs> oh, I was playing, uh, I was walking Pebble the other day, and he withdrew from the tournament, and there's a seagull in the middle of the fairway. And of course, I take a picture and send it to him and say, I thought you withdrew. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, it actually took you longer to send that to me than I thought you would. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, but I love you, the princess. Yes. One of my favorites. Thank yeah, you so much for joining us, dude. This has been a blast. Thanks Appreciate for having you. me. All right, well, that was our man, the princess, Carlos Ortiz, joining us here on Golf Subpar. I mean, we interviewed him before the Phoenix Open, but now he is also a legend around TPC Scottsdale, making the hole-in-one. He's one of my favorite dudes, the nicest guy on the planet. He, his his voice just really entertains me. Sleep. Just, I think he could literally say anything. It could be the meanest thing in the world. I'm yeah. like, ah, whatever. You're such a nice guy. He, the the he voice, is. you just can't get over it. But how about the Olympic story? I mean, he stayed in the village. He wanted the whole experience. Talk, cardboard walls, cardboard beds, not much privacy. I don't bl- If I was ever to make it to the Olympics or anything, I think I'd want to stay in the village. I want to, want to do the whole thing. You know, you don't know if you're ever going to be back or not. But the thing that surprised me is just how shitty the setup is. It's yeah. like the golfer's like, all right, you go play the Olympics. It's still a huge deal, right? Justin Rose wins. He's like, that's maybe my biggest accomplishment, all that type of stuff. For And then you go play another golf tournament the next week or the week after. Like, you're back to your job. These guys that are boxers, skiers, whatever, name the sport. It's like, you got one thing. Basically, yep. that you try to get ready for, you try to be good, get all your money, marketing, endorsements, all that, and that's it. And this is it. And they stick you in a like a cardboard less than a college dorm. How about it's he like was... they spend eighty billion dollars to get these things done. Like you can't give them like something. Can I get like a Holiday Inn Express room for the guys? Nope. That are... <laughs> no, you got to listen. Boxer comes home. At yeah, 10 boxer night, comes all home after wedding. Yeah. From whooping somebody's ass. Like, hey, sorry, I got to wake up at four to go play for my country. Think you could chill out for a little bit? I mean, I'm I just. I can't believe how bad the setup is for Olympic athletes. That's the pinnacle. But Carlos, the princess, what a nickname. It it, it suits him perfectly. It's great. And he, owns, Cold, he doesn't like fight it or anything. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah, I think it's I think it's perfect. Carlito, I mean, whatever. Like calls we said, him, but. literally one of the nicest dudes on the PGA Tour. Let's switch the subject a little bit and go to one of the not so nicest guys on the PGA Tour. Our man, the Seagull. The Charlie goal. Hoffman made some news this week. Wow. That was out of left field, I felt like. Just all of a sudden, people were like, you see what Charlie said? I was like, no, what did Charlie do? All of a sudden, I saw the post. I was like, whoop, here whoops. we go. This is, here comes a can so here's the of deal. worms. If he would have just 
first off, I I agree with part of it. I agree the ruling is stupid. We're gonna have the it's same. A, opinion it's a on terrible this rule. When he went to the whole backing, the PJ Tour doesn't support its players, tagging Saudi, saying people are gonna leave. That's where he crossed the line a little yeah. bit, in my opinion. I walked on the range Saturday. And there he is, the seagull. He, I just walk up and he goes, "How you doing, Colt?" I go, "Well, better than you." <laughs> it's, I mean, dude, it was, it, it was probably. I think that looking back, he probably regrets that. Yeah, I don't know. Like nothing's gonna come of that. That yeah. tw- that that tweet or whatever Instagram post isn't gonna change anything. And my whole point was, I was like, "You're talking about two different things here, dude. One is a rule that you think sucks, which by the way, it does suck. You hit it in the hazard, you drop your ball, you place your ball, it moves. Yeah. Like I don't feel like the player has any." like you know responsibility for that whatsoever it's just a shitty deal and you should like you, the ball should have to get back in play from you hitting it before you can take another penalty happened to Reggie fowler a couple years ago at this very tournament damn near cost them the week mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just that rule sucks i feel like it can be made a lot easier for everybody i just think for everyone at home they're like okay we know it's a stupid rule yeah it's common sense like you you drop it it rolls you place it just like ricky did like as you said on 11 at and if it's okay. on such a slope that it can't stay there, you shouldn't. What are we it doing? Shouldn't be dropping there. No. Or there should be enough grass, to, enough friction to. If stop it rolls the in the water, just you get to replace you just it get again. To play. It's you not a penalty. Get the ball back in. You play. literally did nothing. Exactly. But if the rule is shit. But then to go like yeah, we don't, they, then you got start going to the PGA Tour as a whole. One, you're talking about a rule, USGA type stuff or local rule, whatever you want to do with it. That's one thing, and everything, every person in the world would be on your side. But yeah, that rule is shit. But then you're like. And also, this just shows how the PGA Tour sucks ass and you don't protect us. I was like, now you can do a totally different yep. thing. It'd be like an NBA player getting called for a travel, which I, would never happen. But be like, this rule's shit. By the way, the NBA sucks. I'm going to China and all this. I'm like, oh, dude, you're talking about a rule here. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know if that was just the catalyst. To, he had a lot of stuff pent up in him, but what I, well, it was weird. That's what I, I, I was going to throw something out there and I decided not to address it. Charlie's been dealing with some back injuries. He's been hurt. He didn't get to play his hometown event, San Diego, the Farmers. Had to withdraw from Pebble. And then here's the WM Phoenix Open, which he's sponsored by. It's a big tournament to him. And he gets a, a ruling that's he not in his favor. a horrible break. Horrible and he break. just let, let it all out there. Yeah, it's, it, it was, one it's one of those things. It's, you, you need a timeout. You need to go sit in your room for an hour, cool down, and then... Then handle things. That's the one where we need the algorithm from social media. It says, uh, the thing you're about to post is yeah. going to cause a shit storm. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm putting it on delay. I'm saving yeah. it right here. And in 20 minutes, you can reaccess this. If you still feel like this, you can push send. But I'm do- that's the thing we all need, like a breathalyzer. Yeah. Breathalyzer for your phone. But even not with drinking. It's just like, this is going to have yeah. repercussions. Get ready. Do you, so, wanna, you sure you want to send yeah, this? Yeah, please confirm. We need two forms of ID. We love you, Seagull. We love the and everyone loves the gold, dude. It's super, you know. Everyone loves them, and it's just all of a sudden you don't need to give too many people like ammo for them to turn on you pretty quick. And I think when you start looking for the Saudis as like the f- source of protection of golf, that's probably not going to be. Popular. I te- I texted him Saturday morning, and I was like, "Dude, you're going to get absolutely murdered at 16 today." I was like, "How about I bring a pair of like noise canceling headphones, and you walk out of the tunnel with them on and hit your shot?" <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Dude, they'll love Hold it." Hold on, I'm, I'm in the arena. Yeah. Shut up. Don't they were actually, worry. I was in there when he hit. I, they actually weren't too bad to him. Were they not bad? Yeah. I went out there for, I know that he didn't have his best weekend. So I think there was some lingering kind of, you know, emotional stuff from that. Just knowing like, yeah, but. Well, yeah. listen to this. We, we love the goal, but that, I think that was like, you're talking about two separate issues entirely on that. On that. Well, we had a great weekend Instagram. because once again, over at FanDuel, we pick another winner. Scotty Scheffler getting it done. 22 to one, I believe he was. Wraps up the victory, gets his first PGA Tour event. We have been on an absolute heater 
with our Smoking. big love handle. Smoking. And the golf season is back in full swing, and there's no better way to make every moment more than on FanDuel Sportsbook. Each week, we love looking through all the different markets and finding fun and unique bets like finish, finishing position, matchups, round leaders, and group winners. And don't worry if you missed out on getting your bets in before the tournament starts because FanDuel has live betting options all throughout the weekend so you can always make every moment more. And if you win, they even get your winnings safely in as little as two hours. So all you people that took Scotty Scheffler, you got your money real quick. And you can bet anything you want. You got player props, futures, find whatever bet you're looking for as FanDuel has heaps of options for you. You got the live betting. You get home a little late like I did yesterday for the Super Bowl, or Sunday for the Super Bowl. You fire it on. All right, cool. Pick something you like. Get it. Odds boost and specials. Ours hit this week with all our boys making Bam. a cut. Bam. Extra chicken for you on that. And, of course, it goes without saying, same game, Parleasy. Yeah, your favorite. I love them. How about that, though? We had all three make the cut, which, which hit. Scotty Scheffler. I took the Bengals. Yeah, we, we planned that perfect. Yeah. So no I matter what, we, 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 we gave you a winner in the Rams Super Bowl. Blow it, of course. All right. And don't cover. And right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just place a bet on any game or golfer, and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back if you don't win your first bet. Go to FanDuel.com slash subpar or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started. Be sure to sign up with promo code SUBPAR so they know that we sent you. Must be 21 years old and older, present in Arizona, Connecticut, New Jersey, or New York. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, or 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, or 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. All right. We're on to the Genesis Open. L.A., Riviera, incredible golf course. Going to be a star-studded field. The Genesis Invitational, hosted by the one, the only, Tiger Woods. T-Dub, yes. This All right. Is, uh, we're one year removed from the madness. Let's keep this, around the world. Let's keep this heater going. Let's stay Shall high. we? All right. I'm going to start it off. I'm going with a guy. I think he's on a mission this year. He's, you know, been Mormon hot guy? and cold. No, 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 no. Different kind of mission. Different mission? All right. But I feel like... You have to be a bomber to win around Riviera. We've seen it over the years. Bubba Watson, Dustin Johnson, they they, they tend to play very well. J.B. Holmes has a great track record around here. Mm-hmm. This guy smashes it, hits it to the moon. I think he's ready to start winning regularly. Rory McIlroy, 20-1, to 1, is going to get it done at the Genesis Invitational. I hope. This will be a big stage for him to come back and start doing it on the PJ Tour again. you got nine of the top ten. Bryson, the only one not there. That's because he's injured because he can't be there. I mean, this is good as a – regular season field as you're going to get. And we're waiting on, you know, we just, it's there with Rory. You just don't see it as much as you should. So I would love to see Rory back there. I'm taking a ball striking beast as well. He's, I'm going to call him a bomber, but he is plenty far and he's coming off an MC here in Phoenix. So you might say, wow, he's in bad form. However, prior to that week, he's been about as hot as anybody on the planet. And I'm thinking he was just kind of running on fumes with all the traveling playing going on a couple extra days off missing the weekend might not have been the worst thing. For him, but Victor Hovland going off at twenty seven. Wow. I just think you got to just you got to pierce, you got to strike the rock around. I'm just Rift. worried he's a little tired. I, I think his, he is gassed. But I had his group on Friday when he he made the eight on fifteen at the WM Phoenix Open. He's been playing overseas, obviously wins over in Dubai. I just I, I think he's a little tired. I respect your pick. I think I'm he's got to be gassed, but I think the missing the cut. As opposed to like grinding, you know, he had the bad finish there. As opposed to grinding out that cut, making it on the number, finishing. 50 50th or yeah. whatever you know what I mean? like yeah just get some rest in so a couple of days off maybe but he's just 
man, he is it so good, Tita Green. I'll just that's what you gotta have at Riv. All right, I'm gonna I'll tell you another guy I'm gonna like as a little bit of a dark horse. Played pretty solid, finished top fifteen at Phoenix. Yeah. Bubba Watson going off at forty one to one. Really like him around this place. I mean, he he plays well at certain golf courses. Augusta over National, over. Riviera. He really Phoenix. likes those places. Bubba Phoenix. Lot. Yeah. Done well. I, I love Bubba this week. Forty one to one's a huge is is great odds. If we go way down the board, a guy that I think for some value, 130 to 1. That's that's value. That is value. That's a value meal. Keegan Bradley. He loves this place. I would sprinkle just a little bit of something on Keegan Bradley. You don't got to sprinkle a whole lot of 131. No, no I mean, maybe even just a top 10 bet as well. But if you want to sprinkle a little something, Keegan Bradley, 131, that's a payday. Okay, taste it. Put a little something on Keegs. Uh, my second one, around the same odds as uh, Hovland, another dude. I'm just taking... Dudes that hit it incredible. Some of the best. Will's out tours. Mm. 31 to 1. I feel like this is the kind of place where he could pick off his first one the same way we saw Scotty putting. A little tricky out there. It's a little tougher around the greens. Maybe the best trippers in the world are just a little less so this week. It's a ball striking contest out there. You look at the names that win. Max last year was incredible. DJ Fino was right there. Adam Scott. Like those are I mean, T to green guys. We've had three straight weeks of first time winners on yeah, the PGA Tour. Keep that Luke going. Lewis, Willie Hogue, Willie's Willie's coming Scheffler. to add one. Oh, he's going to get one. The Dallas count's going up. All right. Well, that was an incredible disaster. I'm we going to put, sleep. Put together. We're going to sleep. Later. We're going to sleep for a week. Everyone enjoy the Genesis Invitational. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Sub Bar.